Gavin. Hey, Louie. Long time no see, Gerlina. It has been a bit, a minute, as the kids say. As Do the, the kids girl- even count in minutes now? <laughs> the girlies don't count, but I'm counting yeah. on you, okay? <laughs> We're counting on each other. Um, the, we have, we've honestly been having, like, a Gorgina summer. We you have just, been. You just Except- came back from, like, burning Canada. Yes. <laughs> Uh, it's true. I, I went to the Rocky Mountains at one mm-hmm. point too, and we couldn't see. We could see mountain, Rocky Mountain, a singular like, mountain, a singular mountain because of all the wildfire smoke. And like, I can't complain about that because literally people are losing their livelihoods and their lives. And but girl, like, if we could get it under control, Earth, that'd be great. I mean, <laughs> this girl is on fire. Okay, we've got California having hurricanes. Canada's been and on fire. earthquakes. It is the day after tomorrow, honey. <laughs> okay, when are, when are we going to do like a, a a subject or of disaster, like disaster movies? movies? I hate disaster movies. So probably two months, three months from yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hate it. So we will be seeing those soon. Thank you so much. After what you told me we we're doing for Halloween this year, she's yes. she, she's on the clock. Okay. Yeah, you, you're like I'm getting revenge. <laughs> hey, everyone. This is the mixed reviews. We are a film podcast where we take a film subject such as an actor, director, or mini genre. We take dun dun dun. No longer two weeks. That's right. This is an announcement. We are now going monthly. Yes. We, you know, we've been doing the show for five years. Uh, we're trying to take it slow, relax Gavin, a little bit. Bring it down. You're in the head voice, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah. I, to, to, we're we are. We were talking, you know, before Gavin went to Canada and, you know, just thinking about it's a lot of work and kind of stressful for us to be packing in all these movies. Um, And also, you know, we have day jobs and um, we're just taking a step back to really commit uh, and feel good about each episode and not feel like we're short shrifting anyone. Um, You know, we love doing the show. But yes, it's yeah. it's just it 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 just needs to take up a little bit less time in our lives, and that's okay. Um, Absolutely, and unless somebody a rich benefactor wants to come along oh and make God. this our jobs, I mean, I'm, I would uh, love guys reach out to your rich benefactors. <laughs> exactly, put Any them cash in touch. Pigs out there, Ooh, yeah. No, is that too much, <laughs> <laughs> honey? When it comes to cash pigs, it's never enough. Okay. <laughs> Um, but yes, we take a month from now on until whenever we decide uh, to watch all these movies, get a complete history, and then we give it all back to you and we tell you what we like and what we don't like. It's all coming back to you now. <sighs> there um, were moments of gold and there were flashes of light. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and uh, flashes of pearly whites. Okay, when we're talking about this next subject. Um Real quick, though, just because you brought up what I've been doing, I do want to mention, just as an all-around, like, applause, you made your Los Angeles Times debut. I did. Yes, thank you. I, I Well, number one, I do live for the applause, so I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, yeah, I gotta say, writing and journalism is very fucking hard, and even <laughs> even this story... Wow, which... that's gonna shock everyone. Headlines, Louie. <laughs> No, I just, I, I don't think people understand, like, yeah. the effort it takes to get into, like, literally it's me cold emailing sources to try and get them to talk. And then also, I just think a lot of people don't understand, like, how it works. And, like, I had to, f- I I did have a little bit of a, a dust up with the editors trying to get the story going, had a dust up with the sub, like, there was a lot of trauma, as um, Jamie Lee Curtis would say, but... I am so excited and happy. I love that story very much. And it's a great story. I've read uh, it twice. 
Thank and you. And I didn't want to tell you that because I don't want you to think I'm obsessed. So. Um, but but everyone is obsessed with me. Like, we all know that. So we do know deal. that. We do that. <laughs> just, just kidding, guys. Uh, no, <laughs> Every, no, but... Everyone's like, how's that podcast with that hot guy? And I'm like, no. <laughs> Talk to me, the hunchback. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Gavin, you're the smart one, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Chloe. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... Yes, it's, it has been busy all around for for both of us, and but but that's to say we still love doing the show, and um, I'm so excited for this episode. I had a, such a lovely, wonderful time revisiting a lot of these movies, seeing some of the ones that I hadn't. Um, Gavin, who are we talking about today? We're talking about Ryan Gosling, though we do have one small bit of old business to do before we get to the small goose himself. Okay. We should talk about our poll from the previous episode. Oh my god! Hello, <laughs> Alexa. We, I have... t- we switched to monthly. You forget the format. I, I see know. How it is. I know. Okay, wait. So yes, we do have to talk about our poll because our last episode was very iconic. Um, we talked about the legendary Gorgina, super talented Rita Hayworth. And uh, I do have to put a disclaimer out there. Somebody commented on one of our Facebook posts through Instagram, because everything we post to Instagram goes to Facebook. And they were like, R.I.P. She died so tragically, but I love her daughter, Detective Benson. And I was like, oh, no, that's James Mansfield. That's Jane Mansfield. Not James Mansfield. He's, he's alive and well. He's alive and well. Alive and well. <laughs> um, no, yeah. Jane, Jane Mansfield's. Yes. Um, is it her daughter or her Yes. Her Mershka Hargitay is her daughter. Yeah. <laughs> And she looks stunning. Oh my god! But I mean, beautiful women all around. Be- beautiful beautiful ladies. Yeah. But back yeah. to back to Rita Hayworth. Just know that Rita Hayworth is not Jane Mansfield. They both had tragedies in their lives, but Correct. that's the only thing that connects them. Um. So we asked you guys to go online and vote for your favorite Rita Hayworth movie, and here are the results. Uh, we got zero percent for Cover Girl, which is not shocking. I just thought that she was cute. Gal. Of our Patreon, a patron, thank you, by the way, for mm-hmm, helping mm-hmm, us mm-hmm. out and being in, in our Discord, uh, messaged us to say, easy, breezy, beautiful. So I'm going to guess that he voted for Cover Girl. Well, thank you, even, gal. <laughs> even though it's not on the Twitter. Yes, but we're, we're counting it. Um, 7% went to the lady sh- from Shanghai, Strawberry Blonde, with a strong 14%, which... <laughs> I just love Strawberry Blonde. Like, what a fucking great movie. It's so um, good. It's so good. I'm glad, you know... From the poll, it seems like people do know it. Um, but the overwhelming winner, number one, the movie, of course, it's Gilda with 79%. Um, hard you know, to top. Hard to top. She is that girl. Um, I I was like mesmerized just watching the clip that you made of us talking about that movie and her just like flipping her hair back and forth. And like <laughs> the way she goes from like smoldering seductress to like full ice in her veins like oh who the fuck you motherfucker you're the one yeah. who's here oh god like it's so so good um, and it was all in the insistence of lucy Liu. i know Truly lucy really is that girl goddamn hair i uh, talk about iconic <laughs> um but yes we we love rita hayworth what a fun episode um thank you rita i hopefully you know listeners you are able to find some of these old movies and you know really treat yourself to some old school glamour because we are severely lacking in the glamour fashion yes just but not but not about our new subject no 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 ryan gosling is full canadian glamour (laughs) truly canadian goose canadian goose (laughs) um gavin 
tell me about, you know, your first memories of Ryan Gosling. Well, my my real first memories have to be the Mickey Mouse Club because right. I never missed the Mickey Mouse Club when I was a kid. Um, and before you go out and is like, well, Gavin had money, he had the Disney Channel. Uh, it was free when I was a kid. I think it's okay. still free, actually. But there was a time it was a pay channel. It but was. When I, when I was a kid, it was free. So they'd do, already moved. Yeah, I do remember there was a time when it was a paid for like a cable channel but then i remember they changed over to like basic you know because disney was like hello um we need we need all the children yes uh do you remember when disney channel had no commercials yeah yeah uh one of the movies that we have previously watched uh for this show and that is one of ryan gosling's first films i mean basically the way you find it is free on youtube with the disney channel commercials still in it yeah, yeah, which is Frankenstein and me, but um, yeah, Ryan Gosling. I I don't know if I remember him or knew. Like I I did not watch Mickey Mouse Club. I think I oh, learned... so you think you're better than me? <laughs> well, first of all, I am. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think um, I learned about the Mickey Mouse Club after the fact when like Britney Spears blew up, and then right. like all of a sudden there were clips, and it's like, isn't this fun trivia? Like all these girlies started here. Um, I think I first saw Ryan Gosling in, like, Young Hercules, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't think I watched the show, but I definitely saw commercials, and I was like, that is a twink. <laughs> <laughs> Nine-year-old Louis going, yeah. twink! <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, that was exactly me. Um, no, but it's, like, it, it's it's wild, uh, you know, doing this watch and reading, like, comments from directors and people being like, oh, Ryan just has, like, this weirdo vibe and he's so mysterious and not exactly, like, leading man energy. And I'm like, okay, I get what you're saying, but also he's, like, the hottest person I've ever (laughs) seen. So I don't... So, like, he's that rare thing of, like, he both embodies, like, the stereotypical hot white straight, but also is, like, kind of a fucking freak and, like, has that weird mysterious edge to him. It's weird, and not to go to, like... Not to go to physical appearance right away, but, like, he's hot in almost an attainable way, which is why I think that line in Crazy Stupid Love is so funny when he takes off his shirt and she's like... Are you photoshopped? Yeah, she's like, it's like you're photoshopped. Like, because, yeah, it's a really great body, but I don't... I, I think he has, like... A very handsome face, but I don't think yeah. it's like a traditional like sure. like you know everybody take their panties off, throw them into the fire. Like, well, he know. also he also just has the energy of like shy guy who's not like showing off that he's hot. Yeah. And and if he is, it's like in the Barbie mode where he's like it's a bit. Mm-hmm. I think he uses his body a lot as a bit. <laughs> I, um, uh, I I was thinking of this. He's he's almost like. Uh, because when I first started this episode, I was kind of like, uh, he's kind of this weird blank slate. And the more I was watching, the more I was like, no, he's, he's really not. Um, he, he kind of, it's like if you took Jimmy Stewart and combined him with James Dean, Mm, like there's mm -hmm. that like infallible niceness, the, the like homey, like should be on a ranch, like. (sighs) You know, like, oh, you know, hey, I'm Ryan Gosling. But, but then he, like, fucking looks like a teen idol. And yeah. still, to this day, looks like a teen idol. Right. There, It's, like, undeniable charm and magnetism. 
Um, and then also just like he is that rare Pokemon of straight guy who just like, you know, can hang, is cool, is like so chill and is casually so hot, but like he doesn't make you feel bad about it, you know? Yeah. Um, and that, my babes, is what we call star power, star quality, <laughs> Hollywood. Um, and I would. Um, so I think that kind of primes us uh, to jump in. Uh, so why don't we get into our rewind? Ryan Thomas Gosling was born November 12th, 1980, making him a cool 42 years old. He's he's almost, we are a couple months away from, you know, sending him cupcakes, celebrating his birthday. <laughs> um, getting, hiring him a flash mob to do I'm Just Ken. I mean, let's do it. He was born at St. Joseph's Hospital in London, Ontario. Um, he's the son of Thomas Ray Gosling, who is a traveling salesman for a paper mill, and Donna Gosling, who is a secretary. Um, both of his parents are part French-Canadian descent, um, and they are... Mormons! Mormons! <laughs> yeah, they grew up Mormon. It is both the... I did not know this. So it is both the most surprising and least shocking revelation that I was like, oh, yeah, there is a little bit of that, like... Mitt Romney energy. In well, there. it's like it's like the sweetie pie freak, yeah. you know, energy that sweetie pie freak. Correct. I mean, like uh, no shade, but like if most Mormons are the nicest, but also just total fucking freaks. And that's yeah. what happens when you can't drink caffeine. Okay, yeah, you have to wear that underwear. I know. Mm. No, um, Ryan Gosling. Uh, said that of his parents that their religion sort of influenced every aspect of their lives but also that his mother really never pressured him into being a mormon um which like i can't say too much i'm not mormon but i know that it's not the most usually if you're born into it they're like this is what you're doing you're mormon yeah. now like and yeah. so that feels a bit of of an anomaly which is right. cool for him um and I wonder if it has to do because his parents split up like right when he was quite young. And I wonder if I, I read that he he said his mom essentially was a single mother for a while, right? Yeah. And like it will see and so his father traveled around a lot being a traveling salesman, and that kind of led to this divorce. Um they divorced when he was 13. Um and him and his older sister Mandy lived with their mother. And yeah, she was a single mother for a time. There's a really great uh, GQ article that just came out this year, uh, literally like last month, um, called The Return of Ryan Gosling, which I was like, he went away? Um, but uh, And it's it's written by Zach Barron. And he talks about this sort of, um, you know, he hadn't thought about it before, but this predatory energy that he would sense for men because he had this attractive single mother and he himself was like a hormonal teenager at the time so he's like picking up on the way that these men are acting towards his mom and then you know to then experience that later in life as an attractive male and this sort of predatory energy that he feels around him or you know be having that energy himself it's really cool that he can acknowledge that that yeah that, that's you know that he's that tapped into himself to be like oh this is a thing and i don't like it yeah he like clearly doesn't have he's not very comfortable being like a sex idol yeah i don't i don't think he likes it at all i don't think he wants to be known for it he's you know 
and 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 that kind of shows honestly and, and i think that shows when we're getting into his movies like the types of roles he plays a lot of them are like almost explicitly non-sexual yeah like they're just weirdos freaks you know um it really runs the gamut but like he's even quote unquote his most sexy movie like what maybe like the notebook or something yeah like it's the sex isn't like front and center it's really like an emotional thing yeah he did tell the telegraph in 2011 that being raised by his mother with his sister quote unquote caused him to think like a girl uh he would probably the other fun thing about that GQ interview was I was like, oh, I have something in common with Ryan Gosling, which is he obsesses with the way that he acts and the things that he says. <laughs> and so so I think nowadays he would probably look back at that quote and be like, Well Let me Yeah, let me recontextualize that. But I get what he's saying. You know, yeah. like I, yeah. I grew I grew up with a house full of many women. I, I get it. The, Same. Yeah. He said he was bullied uh, a bit as a child um, in elementary school, and he really didn't have friends until he was 14 or 15, but he did fall in love with movies. Um, and there were two really big influences on him about wanting to become an actor. One is that his uncle is an Elvis impersonator. Yes. And uh, his uncle's shows would also, his uncle would encourage um, talent contests, you know, so he would get people to get up and sing, and he would, and he like saw this kind of entertainer energy and was like, I want that. At the same time, he also saw the movie Dick Tracy and that world that Warren Beatty built, who we've previously talked about on the show is really like what made him be like, Oh, I want to be an actor. Like Mm -hmm. because of certain number of incidences at school, uh, he was taken out of school and homeschooled uh, for a year by his mother uh, who left her job to do that. Um, and he said, you know, the homeschooling is what really gave him a sense of autonomy that he sort of never lost. Um, and he said, you know, his biggest fan, uh, slash encouragement in his life was his older sister. And she would be like, you know, you should go out and perform. They started singing at weddings together. Um, he would then perform with his uncle's Elvis tribute act. And he got involved with the local ballet company, partially because his sister was also involved. And I think at this point, everybody has seen those old videos of Ryan dancing and whatnot. What I think is so funny is I don't... They are funny because the way time works, Mm -hmm. everything from that era is now hilarious. Mm -hmm. The early 90s. But it is really funny to watch him go on, like chat shows and then them play clips as though like oh this is to embarrass you and he's kind of like he's clearly like a little embarrassed but also like no shame like he's good that's what the girlies did and and yeah i was a dancer i get it like i took dance from the time i was three to the time i was 18 so but also like yeah to your point like he was good he was the only boy doing it and like everyone was obsessed with him yeah Absolutely. So he gets to 17, and as you've heard from me telling you that he was taken out of school and homeschooled, he decides school's not for him anymore. So he drops out of school. He's going to focus on acting. He also, around this time, um, decides, and this is maybe the weirdest decision of anybody we've ever covered, that his Canadian accent isn't presentable enough i guess is the way to put it you know he he thought that the canadian accent didn't sound tough 
Right. That trashy so, Canadian accent. <laughs> so he started modeling his own accent on uh, on Marlon Brando. Sure. That's what and, I think of when I see Ryan Gosling. <laughs> it's funny. I remember years ago, and I found it online. It's still online. Uh, Vulture did a, like, Canadian to Brando accent a meter oh. between his roles and in interviews. And it's actually really funny because sometimes he he really lays into it and you're like, what are you doing? Like, like, uh, uh, blue Valentine is a great uh-huh. example. Like he's like, really, really, go, really yeah. Brando. And it's like, why, what, are, what's happening? Wait, you know, he's a serious actor, Gavin. Okay. <laughs> Haven't you heard? Um, I do want to flash back, even though, cause I did mention he left school at 17. Um, I, I did sort of skip over that when he was 12, there was an open audition in Montreal and he gets the Mickey Mouse Club. Um, and he said he was very lucky uh, to get that because he slowly realizes that he was not as talented as yeah. Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake. He said, you know, we picked out of a lot of talented kids and everything, Ryan, and you know, I wanted you to know that uh, you're a musketeer. And I went, no way. And my mom just, she hit the roof. She left your luck because there was kids there that were just phenomenal so luck (laughs) you know he did describe as the greatest two years of his life and because it was um shot in, in the u.s and he needed um to be in the u.s his mother had to go back to canada to return to work and so he spent a year living with justin timberlake casual no big deal just just a normal thing yeah, when you're 13 years old, just living like you and 13 year old Justin Timberlake living together in Orlando. Imagine, imagine <laughs> a world. Hmm. Um, the show gets canceled in '95. He goes back to Canada. He still wants to try and act. He does episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark and Goosebumps, and he starred in Breaker High from 1997 and 1998. Um, and at 18, after he drops out of school, he moves to New Zealand because he lands the lead role in Young Hercules. As the title character. He said when when the show started, he was like, oh, this is fun. And then he started to take it like really seriously. Sure. And realized it it wasn't. The serious fun. show, Young Hercules. Yeah, exactly. Very serious acting. Is it gold? Well, I don't really know what it's made of. You know, all I know is that uh, it belongs to Zeus. Whoa, hold it. Time out. You're going to snag a chance that belongs to Zeus? Is this one of those father-son things? No. I said, it's not like that this time. I'm not taking it from Zeus taking it back to him. he said he you know he would constantly be fighting with them to spend more time to sit and devise a character um and he then he also like wanted to play a variety of roles uh and eventually they were like calm Girl. down kid yeah, yeah. it's wild so, because it was like one season but that's 50 episodes back in those days like he did yeah syndicated shit. shows syndicated shows <laughs> yeah um the show ends uh does not get renewed and so he's like I'm I'm not going to do television anymore. At all of the age of 19, his first serious role uh, was in the football drama Remember the Titans. Um, had you seen Remember the Titans before? Oh, oh yeah. I had seen yeah. it before. I, I think like any, um, you know, person near around our age got showed this movie in school any number of times. Um, 
And because it, it, this movie, I, I watched it again and I was like, wow, this movie just really does check all the boxes of like inspirational, um, you know, racism, yeah. kind America, of... football, Denzel, like <laughs> everything is in this movie. Kind of too much. Kind of like, like it's a little, it's all very on the nose, I will oh. say. Yeah. Honey, I, I mean, Hayden Panettiere acting her face off as a child. <laughs> she's great. I had seen it before. I, I saw it as a teen, and I think I watched it a bunch of times, and I'm not a sports movie person. And I think it's because in watching it, there's the, like, suggestion that the one character might be gay. This movie is very paint by numbers, but I think it's done very, very well. And it is um, the performances by, I mean, like, yes. Denzel is incredible, but also like all the all the guys are very good. Ryan Gosling's character, you were about to say before I interrupted you, like it's a kind of a bit part. Yeah. He he's like a, a hayseed who loves his country music and And the black kids are like, What the fuck is yeah. this? <laughs> but it but it's a fun, like when he pops up it's, it's one of those things where like you you watch it and you're like, Oh, like he's got it. Like yeah. he's got this he steals every second that he's on screen. <laughs> Huh? They're gonna make a big yes. Star out of me. This one. I mean, I don't even have to ask, but I will. What do you think of this one? Does the term cruel and unusual punishment mean anything to you? His next big role comes in 2001 when he stars as a young Jewish man who becomes a neo-Nazi in the film The Believer. Um, I remembered seeing this movie years ago, but I didn't really remember a ton about it. I rewatched it for this. And it is, the, like, the most early 2000s indie film. Did you get a chance to check this out? I sure did. And I was like, what is going on? <laughs> um, number one, again, did, like, had never heard this movie. I, I, I'm reading the thing. Like, yes, you heard that correctly. This man is a neo-Nazi, but he's also a Jewish man himself. Um, this movie, I think there's a lot of movies in his career where movies have really big ambitions and they are perhaps too big for their britches. This movie, I think like if not sticks to landing, like does a pretty decent job of tackling this very thorny subject. Um, the wig work is horrible. Um, <laughs> poor um, Billy Zane. I don't know what the fuck he's doing in this movie wearing whatever he's wearing. This I know. Movie and I love, I, I unfortunately love Billy Zane. No, but yeah. yeah. This movie is too big for its budget, frankly. Like, it looks very cheap. But, I mean, so and it's crazy because uh, Ryan Gosling is manic and crazy and all over the place, chewing every inch of scenery. Truly chewing. See, like, there are scenes where he's just, like, at 11. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing in this case necessarily because that really feels like who this character is. But then it's, like, really hard to... Uh, reconcile that with this sort of quieter, like mm -hmm. introspective character that he is every now and then. It and you know, it's it, he's very uneven. But all that to say, I do think this movie, even though it's a tough watch, there's a lot of like really interesting and I don't even know what the right words are. But I there there's a scene where him and, and his fellow neo Nazi buds have to go to sensitivity training. And they are talking to Holocaust survivors. And as you can imagine, it's not going well. <laughs> but what's wild is that, like, 
uh, obviously because Ryan Gosling's character, who is Jewish, he has a different lens of why his hatred is, you know, so aggressive. Right. And these Holocaust survivors are like, what would you have done? What would you have done? And he's like, I wouldn't have fucking just stayed there and let my kids be killed. Why didn't you fight back? And it's and as someone who did not grow up around, um, you know, the Jewish faith a lot, I just thought like, oh, my, I've never heard this this viewpoint of like someone being mad at their ancestors for not fighting this horrible thing that happened. Right. Right. And and there is a moment where like the guy's like, no, 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 you can really learn from them. And he's like, fuck, no, you have to be more like us. Which was so shocking to hear. The thing about him, you know, believing that, I mean, it's a, it's a fallacy that nobody fought back, obviously. But the idea of that comes from such a place of fear yeah. that this character is internalized so deeply. Millions went to camps, many stronger, braver than you. They did nothing, just as you would have done nothing. Where do you think you're going? We have nothing to learn from these people. You should be learning from us. And what should we learn from you, Daniel? Kill your enemy. It's like scraping the surface of like really interesting themes that I feel like a lot of films would be scared to to touch on. Yeah. But because I don't know if it's the limitations of the fact that it's an indie or limitations of time or, or funding or, or, you know, whoever produced it, it, it never gets to a, a like satisfactory sort of place. You know, it, it, yeah. it, in the end, it's, it's, you know, not about these big concepts. It's about him. Right. And the ending, I remember thinking like, oh, Okay, well, like I don't know how they were going to finish that, but that was something. <laughs> that was something exactly. Um, but he, I do think he's good. I do think it is funny because, like, there are there are Jewish actors. I just want to say that. <laughs> and is in that GQ article? Don't they talk about how he's like, or maybe it wasn't that GQ article? I was reading how like some, I maybe the director or producer said he was. In in a weird way, he was right because he wasn't Jewish. Like there was right, so, and, and which will come up again. Not the Jewish thing, but like how he is so not the thing that he was right for the thing. Which I haven't heard for I don't think any of our <laughs> subjects we've done before. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know how this movie would play now if it was yeah. tried to be made now. Um, certainly with a non Jewish actor. Um, but yeah, it's also a true story, which is fucking crazy. Yeah, wild. Uh, the, the film's a commercial failure, but it's sort of a critical hit. It ends up premiering on Showtime because it doesn't have enough money for a theatrical distribution. And it gets the grand jury prize at Sundance. And Ryan Gosling has basically said, like, I owe my career to this film. Like, this sort of handed the rest of everything that's happened to me on a platter because I did this movie. You're lucky to get an audition. Then you get it. You get there. You walk into a room full of guys that look just like you. You realize you're not the only one that wore the cowboy hat. Then you can hear the other guy in the other room auditioning. And now you're thinking about not doing it like him as opposed to doing it the way that you wanted to do it. Then before you go in, you hear the casting director negotiating the deal for the guy that already got the part. Yeah. Turns out Jared Leto already got it. Yeah. You know? The next 
film he does is another small movie called The Slaughter Rule. It's another football movie. I think this is falls in line with exactly what you were just talking about. A Too film that's big for its britches. Very that. Uh, also, uh, real quick sidebar, Amy Adams is like fourth build in this movie and she's in like, what, two scenes? Yeah. I was like, is that Amy Adams? <laughs> yeah, exactly. His next big thing is Murder by Numbers. Uh, I... <laughs> We d- we had to have covered this during yeah, Sandy. We, we did, but like Sandy was a while ago. <laughs> yeah, um, it's like kind of an update of the Learner and Low thing or the Alfred Hitchcock's Rope. It's two high school teens who decide that they can get away with murder. They're going to commit the perfect murder, but uh uh uh, Sandra Bullock, who's yep. a mess because she likes sex Uh um is on their case and she's gonna solve this murder and ryan gosling is the the richer of the two but michael pitt is the smarter of the two and the you know the less uh the lower class and that's how she's gonna pit them against each other because ryan gosling doesn't really love michael pitt even though they're also not gay and we just need you to know that they're not gay right this is the beginning of like him playing fucking weirdos yeah well that's i i feel like the the i feel like he would have never been considered for this role had you know the people that made this movie not seen um the believer the believer exactly and uh, so i you know this movie's so bad and so anti-woman like the whole thing was anti. it's like oh she's a basket case because she had one bad case and it haunts her forever and now she just has sex with anyone that she wants and it makes her the devil um and Me. i was like what what is happening um <laughs> and uh but I, I do think what's really funny is sandra bullock ends up dating ryan gosling Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like Oh yeah. Hmm. Honestly, love it for them. Yeah, love that for good, them. Good for them. Sandra Bullock was I mean there there's a little bit of an age difference there. He was what, like twenty or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and she's like, I don't know, twenty eight, yeah. thirty. I don't know. Something it, like it's that. A, it's a it's a it's a little May December. It's That's a little, a little bit. A little bit at that at that time period, it's a little bit. If it was like now, th- now who would care? Who, not, right like, now, if if Sandra Bullock was dating Ryan Gosling now, I'd be like, fuck yeah, yeah. The next movie I did not watch because every time I fucking would search for on Roku and it'd be like, yes, press play, and then it would take me to some fucking random site and it was like the wrong movie. So I'm sorry, I did not watch the United States of Leland. Oh, which is funny because it's now come up twice because the United States of Leland's other big. Um, lead in it is Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle. And I talked about it in our Don Cheadle episode, and I do not like this movie. I don't think it's like, it's it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And I I feel like it's not I feel bad because he's literally the the lead in it, and it feels like something we should talk about. But the titular also, United States. Yeah, he's yes, he's United <laughs> States. You know, United States is fighting for his life up there. Um, United States gave it her all. Speaking, speaking, yeah, United States gave it her all. Speaking of that, by the way, I don't know if you've noticed that um, Mark Platt has produced a lot of Ryan Gosling's yes. movies. Oh yes, and I was like, oh, father of Ben Platt. Mm-hmm. But we can't talk about that. But we can't talk about that not on this podcast. No. Um, <laughs> we're under strict gag order from the Platt family. If you were to tell me that Ryan Gosling went from like the Believer and then just a couple more skips of the Stone is the notebook wild wild yeah i would not 
I think most people in their timeline of Ryan Gosling is like an amorphous young child Mickey Mouse club. And then like he comes fully formed as like a hot young man and does the notebook. Like that's the number. That's step one. Step two is notebook. Um, And that's like the quote unquote mainstream breakthrough. Yeah. I'm assuming you had seen the notebook before. (laughs) Sweetie, honey, get in the water. Get in the water. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, baby. Get in the water. (laughs) If you're a bird, I'm a bird. Um, Oh, my God. Guess what movie I had never seen before. (gasps) Stop, Gavin. Oh, no. I'm scared. I'm scared with what you have to say because you have a cold, cold heart. It is cold. It's cold and it's damp and it's just plain scared. Um, <laughs> the it's I'm not a Nicholas Sparks fan, and I mean, this is oh God. very much an, a Nicholas Sparks joint. Um, even though it's Nick Cassavetes directing, compliment, compliment, critique. The Notebook sequences of Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams are so beautifully shot, and I I really got what Cassavetes was going for in that. Like he was making like a grand old Hollywood epic. Like he was like if he could have shot it in Technicolor, I'm sure he would have. Like they look beautiful and sumptuous, and and just um, I think rachel mcadams is acting her ass off truly just like ooh, giving it her all i love the james garner stuff with um gina rollin who is nick cassavetti's mom in real wow, life because she, yeah because she was she was married to john cassavetti's and um oh my god i did i cry yeah of course of i course. mean those two like yeah ryan do you think he's good in this movie do you think he's tell me you can watch that scene at the end when they argue when they argue and he's like no it's hard and i want it to be hard and i want it to be hard with you and you think he's doing good work (laughs) gavin what do you want what do you want it what didn't do you want? <laughs> <laughs> it didn't surprise me to find out that they shot that stuff first and that they took time off for him to like lose the weight to get skinnier and shave the beard and and to it's awkward. It's truly awkward. And also to then find out that him and Rachel McAdams actually didn't like each other at first. And he actually tried to get Rachel McAdams replaced on the movie, which, like... Well, also, it's funny, like, all the featurettes now are very, like, oh, the chemistry, the love, the magic. But, like, not even... So, yeah, he wanted to, like, have someone else read, go through a scene with him, I I think, while they were shooting. But also, she was not the first person cast for this. Like, they they asked Jessica Simpson to be in this. Can you imagine? Can can you imagine? imagine? If she, you're a tuna fish, I'm a tuna fish. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> um, she said she couldn't do it because her and Nick Lachey were going through divorce and it was just too painful to do. Um, and like Britney Spears came in to read for this. Yeah. Um, uh, just, Justin Timberlake's wife, um, what's her name? Jessica Biel came in. Like a, a lot of more famous girlies came in for it. Um, but uh yeah, I, 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 I quite like this movie, and I quite like him in it as well. Sparks got very lucky that there was a director who could really elevate the material and bring a lot to it. 
I also think like, you know, not everybody knows that's Nick Cassavetti's mom going into it, but I think that added a thing for me that I was like, oh, Gina Rollins, I love her so much. Um, I just don't like, it's so funny because there's a lot of talk of like, like Nick Cassavetti's told him you're not a traditional leading man and that's why I want you for this. But I think like he kind of in this particular role, I don't think there was enough to separate him from a traditional leading man. So it felt like that's what he was doing was just the traditional leading man stuff. Also, he's such a little pest at the beginning. Like, don't don't he pressure is. a girl into going out with you. Not he, cool. He is a little pest. And that's the um, Nicholas Sparks of it all. That's the like you know, incel behavior of like, you gotta go <laughs> alpha guy, like you gotta go get what you want. You gotta, you know, rah, 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 rah. Look, I know you get some dirty guy coming up to you on the street, you don't know him. You don't know me, but but I know me. And when I see something that I like, I got it. I love it. <laughs> I, go, I mean, I go crazy for Dude, it. What are you talking about? I actually think Ryan Gosling is quite good in this because he is able to go from pest to like fully cratered human, you know, the way he like just comes out of the house with that blanket on and he's just like, I mean, my God, yeah. Gavin, like, yeah. but that's, but that's me. You know, this is the whole thing. This is the mixed reviews of it all. Um, Either so way, s- the notebook is a huge success. Oh my God. This is as much as he wants to talk about the believer gift wrapping him his career. Like this is the bow and sure. He maybe wouldn't have gotten this movie without something like the believer and unfortunately murder by numbers or United States of Leland. Like I, I do think like, this is the reason why we keep having Ryan Gosling. Oh yeah. I mean, it's where we found out and realized he has magnetic chemistry with, almost everyone he comes into contact with, you know? And and I think one of the things that I realized while watching all these movies is that he, I think, is a very generous actor. I don't think a lot of movies, especially when it comes to having women, it's never about him. He gives a lot of space. We'll see that with Blue Valentine. We'll see that with um, Crazy Stupid Love, La La Land. Like, I think he gives a lot of space for his women to really shine. Um, And he just is a very good foil in the, like, romance um, roles that he plays. Um, So much so that him and Rachel McAdams, uh, first of all, do end up dating in real life. They get over their nonsense. But also, they win the MTV Movie Award for Best Kiss. (sighs) Hot, 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 hot. hot. Yeah, creating one of maybe the, the best modern moments in pop culture is their acceptance of that, where they recreate that moment where she leaps on him and kisses him but instead it's in front of i don't know an audience full of screaming children while ryan gosling's wearing a shirt that says darfur yeah yeah honey and that was (laughs) 2000 what four like that's 2004 babe like that's 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 the world we were living in okay that's 20 years ago folks that's what that's what it was like oh boy like if if you want to bring ryan gosling on your chat show and embarrass him show him that that's the thing you should be showing. Ryan, were you really, really concerned about Darfur? What did you actually do besides wearing that shirt? Exactly. Um, his next film is uh, 2005's Stay. Huh, um, stay away. <laughs> have you just been sitting on that? Um, um, I've been sitting on a secret because 
I did not watch this for a Ewan McGregor episode, but I did watch it for this. And oh my God, what were we on? In 2005, this director discovered like CGI and said, hold on. I know exactly what we're going to do. Well, here, let me tell you, by the way, uh, Stay is directed by Mark Forrester. I've talked about Mark Forrester before because he directed World War Z. And in our Zombies on Film episode, I said, Mark Forrester is my filmmaking nemesis. Mm -hmm. You know, and here we are. And here we are. If you if you stay my nemesis, you don't have to get my nemesis. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. basically it. But hey, he rebounds from that, and nobody talks about it to immediately go into the indie darling Half Nelson. Um, Half, Half Nelson is a film in which he plays uh, a teacher who is kind of the the like I don't necessarily want to teach what's on the curriculum, but I do want to give these kids a good. Um, sense of history it's an inner city class so most of his students are of color he is white um he's also yeah i know shocking (laughs) he's also battling a drug addiction yeah and it's funny i i had watched this movie before watching it now with um older eyes i didn't realize like when he goes to meet his family this movie it is also a critique of like liberalism like white yes. liberalism and and there's that great scene where he's in the class teaching the kids about who the man is and they they're like wait are you the man and he's like you know what yeah i am the man i am this movie does a lot of work good work to set very clear boundaries that even though we're supposed to empathize and feel things for this main character like he makes very bad mistakes and bad right. decisions and he should not be hanging out with this young girl. He should not yes. be like, you know, putting her in these situations. And it and it's funny because it I think even though you know he has this problem, I think there's moments where it feels very like white savory and it it does its best to like really undermine those moments or to point out to you that like that's not its goal. And I think that's a really fascinating thing. And, and maybe this film doesn't get enough credit for this. I remember seeing this when it came out and not really loving it and was like, oh, everybody loves this movie. I don't, I rewatched it for this. I was like, this is a good movie. This yep. is a very good movie. Anthony Mackie's also in this movie as kind of like the, he is a friend of the, so there's like a young girl who's basically like the co-lead and her father has gone to prison and, this is her father's friend who like benefited. Is it her father or her brother? Oh, maybe it's her brother. Yeah, it's her brother. So like this guy did not, he, her brother didn't rat him out. And so he feels like compelled to like take care of her. But also he is like this kingpin of the drug, you know, uh, racket that's being run in town. He still sees her as a means to an end. Right. He sees her as a means to an end, but also like there's that scene where Ryan Gosling goes to him and says, you need to leave, get like, stay away from her. And he's like, who the fuck are you? Like, yeah. you're, are you going to save her? So what, man? Y'all just chilling? She lost my key. Her key. So what, Dre? What? You need a place to stay till your mom's getting home? Nah, man, we're cool. Are you cool, Dre? Uh-huh. And the movie doesn't, like... I think the easy way out would have been, like, they beat each other up. There's, like, you know, this big blow up. But, like, I think they both realize in that moment they're both fucked up guys who yeah. are, in their own ways, think they are helping out this young girl. Like, the real problem here is that, like, <laughs> fucking grown men who think they can, like, save young girls and, like, have no business. Because this is a fucking drug adult teacher. This is a literal drug fucking pusher. Like, this little girl is lost in between in this world where she's just trying to find you know 
people to care about her or to look up to. So he gets an Academy nomination, his first. Yeah. He spent uh, a month in New York, like, f- shadowing teachers to, to like, get down this. And I think it, it paid, I think that research, he is a guy who does, like, to research his roles. And I think yeah. that that's an important thing to, but I think that research, like, really helped, like, he feels real in this movie. He feels real, but also it just feels like he's being able to deploy some of his, like, weirdo tendencies but also like his charm because he's like the kids love him they do love him as a teacher he's like the bad girls basketball coach like there's something very natural and easy going about his performance um yeah health is it's a little bit of a tough watch but it's very very good i do want to touch off the next two movies at least lars and the real girl and blue valentine um lars and the real girl i actually i saw both of these movies in the theater um uh traumatic in their own ways um (laughs) but i do really like both of these movies um uh have you seen did you see either of them oh yeah i had seen both of them a while ago not in theaters but i I had seen both and then i rewatched them both again um yeah lars and the real girl is uh a funny movie but also like i was really going back and forth on it because it is it is the most like a dorkable quirky right movie like it it does have that like 2010s like um i know it was 2007 but it has that like 2010s like the new girl was on tv 500 days of summer was in the theaters like that that quality i will say and this is maybe sexist of me and i'm trying not to be um i think this woman is uh, this movie is better for being written by a woman um, I think that really helps sell the because it is kind of an outlandish concept, right? You have poor Paul. Is it Paul Schrader? Paul Schneider? Paul Schneider? Yeah. Paul Schneider. He is his brother, who is the only one who was like, "No, this is embarrassing. This is fucking crazy. We cannot put up with this." And the entire town <laughs> is like, "How dare you!" We want right. to take. We love Bianca. Bianca's our friend, and it's like we should explain. By the way, this is a movie about a, a man who um, had such a traumatic childhood that now he can't even stand to be touched, to be around other people, um, and decides to buy a sex doll to impersonate a, a woman that he can love because she, you know, she's somebody that he can take care of that he knows won't leave him and that also won't touch him right so to be clear they're not fucking but no. he he he's like this is bianca this is my girlfriend she's um done a lot she's a nurse she's a teacher she was in the church she's shy he talks to her um you know he pushes her on a wheelchair and the, the entire town kind of just like goes with it and so, suddenly bianca becomes part of the community she's right reading to kids she's you know modeling her job is to go model at the you know mall and wear clothes they cut her hair um Um, and and, and it's a very um at the risk of sounding hoity-toity like it's a very old hollywood picture even though it's an indie film because it has like those not to bring up jimmy stewart again but it has those shades of like harvey where it's like a man clearly going through some form of psychosis and everybody's like you know it would just be easier if we just went with him right right and this like this movie could only happen like they're in a small town yeah everyone knows everyone 
How'd you know? How'd I know what? That you were a man. <laughs> nah, I couldn't tell you. Was it? Okay, was it sex? <laughs> um. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, yeah, yeah. It's kind of it's kind of, now. Well, it's kind of sex, but it's but it's not. It's not. Uh, you know, I I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it's a good good question. Yeah, but I have to know. Hold that thought. I don't dislike this movie, but I do think it's a very strange. Uh, <laughs> Like, the, if the premise I, is, like, love is love and, like, it's not hurting anybody, like, then who cares type thing, which is maybe, like, the very, like, surface level reading, which is yes. why it doesn't work. The, like, next level is, like, this is a man who is, like, so deeply broken. Um, and the the best parts of this movie, to me, are the are the moments where he's talking to his brother. Because I, that's that's the that's the key. I was going to say, for me, it's... It's both the moments where he's talking to his brother and the moments where he's talking to Patricia Clarkson. Mm -hmm. I really like the relationship he has with this doctor who is attempting to help him, but also like maybe irresponsibly being like, everybody just go with the delusion. It's fine. I really do like this movie though. I also think it's very funny. Like these are, these are the lines. Like, of course, notebook is Louis. Lars, the real girls is, that's my romance he's sitting there telling it but... he's telling bianca if you're a bird i'm a bird <laughs> that's the... doesn't he oh he sings um l is for the way you look yeah. at me which yeah. then carries i think that's a perfect point to carry over into blue valentine blue uh -huh. valentine if if lars and the real girl is the gentle romance blue valentine is the rip your fucking heart out that's the love um, bomb baby uh it, it, which he also does. He's like sings the Tiny Tim like tiptoe yeah. through yeah. the tulips. Yeah, um, yeah. Blue Valentine is a it's a movie about a a, a doomed romance. Uh, it's him and Michelle Williams. Michelle Williams, the amazing Michelle Williams. Uh, they fall in love. Um, it's she's giving, dating. It's giving the last five years. Yeah. We're going <laughs> She, she's she's dating somebody else at the time she accidentally gets pregnant by him uh or maybe doesn't the the movie kind of you know back and forth ryan gosling trying to be the the good guy do the right thing is like um because she decides not to have an abortion like i'm gonna raise this child they get married the relationship falls apart and you're seeing both the the forward and the back of it um it's really traumatic um i think it's really well made it's funny because i don't know if ryan gosling is the world's best improver but uh i think here in this case like um the michelle williams had wanted to make this movie for like seven years and then they finally got the financing for it and the director derek cm france is like let's throw the script out let's just improv like he made them live together and everything he did do something that I think is truly unethical, which is he told Ryan Gosling to try and sleep with Michelle Williams. And when she rebuffed him, like he was like very pissed. And I was like, that's too far. That's not right. Like well, that's. I, I also like the, this director was out of his fucking mind because there's that scene where she's telling him to get off the bridge or whatever. Like I read that, like the director said, no matter what, like to Brian said, no matter what, do not come down from there. No yeah. matter what she says. And then she, he told her, 
like do whatever it takes to get him down from there. Like, and yeah, so th- he would gi- he would give them like scene prompts essentially. That's like psychological like, warfare. <laughs> yeah. Stop! 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 No! 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 Stop! Stop! You gonna tell me? No! Stop! Come down! You gonna tell me? Just come down! I'm not kidding you. You gonna tell me what it is? Come, please, come down. Come down, please, please stop. You wanna go over the edge? No, I want you to come down. Tell me what it is. Come on, it's dangerous. You gonna tell me? hate to say it i think both performances are very good and he gets very good performances out of them yes! because of this um but uh, i but also I, guess I don't what think... michelle williams is a fucking brilliant actress right exactly <laughs> she does exactly. not need this fucking warfare and right. i think honestly ryan gosling would have been up to the task too yeah um i will say and this is maybe speaking out of bounds but this is somebody who doesn't listen to the show so i feel comfortable saying it um i remember seeing it in theaters and I had a friend at the time who was like, oh, yeah, I saw it, too. Michelle Williams, what a bitch. And I was like, oh, my That's... God. But then I found out that there is, like, a subset of people who truly believe Ryan Gosling's character did nothing wrong. That is fucking wild. So, number one, I, I love this. <laughs> I love this movie a lot. Yeah, it's I great. think I think Michelle Williams fucking dominates this movie. <laughs> like, yeah. I think she is the true star she and again this is what i was talking about i think ryan is very generous in giving her the space <laughs> to like and not, and not that like it's because of him but i think he's not trying to like steal any of that shine back you know right. um but also yes like this this woman is wronged by this man like right. you know and 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 if and anyone says otherwise you're a, not a good person um i i genuinely could not believe like i was like what <laughs> when yeah this, like this man showed up drunk to her work yeah like are you fucking crazy the heartbreaking part is that like they clearly do have such passion for each other but it has rotted and become intense hatred they yes. can't stand each other yeah and, and the 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 real fucking heartbreak of this is like while we're getting scenes of them falling apart, like literally he is on his knees begging, crying for her to like stay. You're getting flashes of full extended scenes of them getting married. And right. it's so beautiful. And the promise of love. This movie is literally just about the promise of love and how even that's not enough. Like, you know, and, the- and it's really heartbreaking to like, not, not to, I don't mean to interrupt because I think you're on like a really good through line, but also like, you see her home life. You see where she comes from. You don't really get to see that of him. Right. And so you really understand how much his character is hurting her mm-hmm. because she's seeing the situation that she grew up in and doesn't want her own child to grow into. Right. And like clearly something has happened where her relationship with her father is better than it was when yeah. she was younger. Right. But that first time you see her eating dinner with her parents is Horror. horrific. Yeah. One thing about Ryan Gosling's movies, when he wants to fucking make you cry, bitch, yeah. you'll be crying. Um, I, I will say this movie was originally rated NC-17, and Ryan Gosling like really protested that, because he was like, you see... Essentially, it's rated NC-17 because he goes down on her at one point, and he's like, you see women go down on men in movies all the time, and they're rated R. Like, I don't understand yeah. what's happening. And I'm glad that he like took that stance, and it did eventually get an R rating without any cuts. Yep. Um, so that is good. But yeah, intense movie. Um. 2010 comes all good things um, bad things yeah bad things we can move on 
Yeah. Um, in 2011 brings Drive. Uh, it's Ryan Gosling's first collaboration with Nicholas Winding Riffin. Um, I don't like Nicholas Winding Riffin. I do like this movie. Um, I think this movie is slick. It's sleek. It's ultra violent. Um, it's really smart. I, I think this is why I thought going into this episode that Ryan is kind of a blank slate. And I think I think he can be. He's just like man. He's every yeah. man. He's every, yeah. He could be anybody. Um, but I, but I do like this movie. You know, it's a crime movie. He's a stunt driver. He does getaway driving for a bank. He gets fucked over by some monsters, um, and you know that it, it becomes a revenge flick. It. He also falls in love with Carrie Mulligan, who's his neighbor. Um, these are the real Cliff's notes. It has a banging soundtrack, though. I will admit this is this is my first time seeing it in a while, and I was like, "This real human being, real hero song is so stupid." <laughs> like, I was like, "Wow, I was really enchanted with this when it came out." Like, um, I had never but, seen it, saw it, liked it. Oh wow, slick, yeah, great um, jack, beautiful gowns. Yeah, and he said, you know, the the scorpion jacket, the reason, the whole thing behind it was is he's always wanted to play a superhero, and he's just never found the right one. And so this was his opportunity to play a superhero. And so much so that I guess um, he was offered the Joker in Suicide Squad instead hmm. of Jared Leto, and he turned it down because um, he was like, oh, I've already done my comic book movie, and also um, I don't want to sign on for the sequels because I don't do sequels. Love that. So Yeah, so I was like, great for him. Uh, 2011 also brings us Crazy Stupid Love. Perfect um, film, no notes. <laughs> Perfect film, Gavin. Perfect I, I was already, film. I was already telling a friend that we were doing this. He's like, you don't like Crazy Stupid Love, do you? And I was like, no, I do not. Perfect um, film. No notes. Um, he is very funny in it. It's just a bad movie. But um, uh, but him and uh, him and uh, what's her face that are in several movies together? They um, This is Emma, the first. Emma Stone. Yeah. Emma Stone. Oh my God, the chemistry. But also, the, she's like so funny. Every face that she makes and so beautiful. Like, how could they not have perfect chemistry? 2011's The Ides of March. Um, oh, God. Yeah. I saw this in the theater as well. I rewatched it and I was like, did we, in 2011, were we really like, politicians aren't that bad? Oh my God. It's so shocking that they're bad. This movie, I, I, it, I this movie to me is like so spineless. You yeah. know, like, uh, it's all about loyalty. And like, oh, did you know that Democrats can be bad, too? And like, I'm like, who the fuck are we talking to here? Has not aged well at all. No. Um, He does his second film with uh Derek Cianfrance, uh, and it's The Place Beyond the Pines. And this sort of comes from while they were making Blue Valentine, he was like, I have this fantasy of like robbing a bank and getting away on a motorcycle. And Derek Cianfrance was like. I'm writing that movie right now. Um, I was and, why, I, it was because I was like, oh my God, he is getting away in fast cars and motorcycles <laughs> on a lot of his movies. Yeah, this is this is the action movie era. And it's... Um, this I mean, this movie's like too... It's a triptych, you know, the first thing's about him, the second part's about the man who kills him, the third part's really about his son. I think it gets less interesting as it goes along. I think he, I think he you actually do feel his um he's such a striking uh presence in the first part that like you actually do feel his absence. Um I totally get what Derek C. France was trying to do by being like Bradley Cooper's the same but very different. Um 
but I don't think he had the chemistry to carry that kind of middling middle section. And then then it really loses me in the third section about the suds. I will say we should make some commotion for Ava Mendez, who I think yes. is very good, very underutilized. You're not going to tell me? It's just a fling, right? That means you don't want to tell me? This is like a common courtesy or there might even be a law, you know, you gotta fucking tell somebody. Haven't heard from you in over a year. You just took off. Never called me. I gotta leave him for hours. I don't know what to do. You do whatever you need to do. And I do want to point out that this is the movie where he meets Ava Mendez. And Ava Mendez has um, been his partner since 2011, since they met. Um, They now have two daughters together, one born in 2014 and one in 2016, which means one of them is almost 10, which is wild. Time moves way too fast. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I I remember it coming out. It it feels more like a a words picture to me than Blue Valentine does. Blue Valentine's so raw and Place Beyond the Pines feels so calculated that it's... Place Beyond the Pines feels a little bit like experimental, kind of like fucking with storytelling. I don't think it completely works, but I appreciate the effort. Yeah. Um, Here is... One of my least favorite eras. Uh, the next two films are uh, Gangster Squad in 2013 and Only God Forgives in 2013. Um, Gangster Squad is a bad wax museum of a movie. Correct. Um, that just looks awful. Um, it's directed by Ruben Fleischer. It's literally the same movie as Mulholland Falls, which I believe we talked a little bit in our Andrew McCarthy episode, just a very tiny bit because he's in that movie. Um <sighs> But the thing that I like about Mahalan Falls is it's like, oh, yeah, violence begets violence. These right. bad cops are where this movie's like, no, cops should kill people. <laughs> this movie is so fucking basic. I could not believe I was like, wait, <laughs> this fucking um, narration of like, every man has to make a choice. You're either good or you're bad. And I'm like, that's it. You're either good or you're bad. And that's it. <laughs> And like, and this, and again, this is why we have a fucking culture of dudes who are like, you know what? I got to do what I got to do. And that means picking up this gun and going and fucking playing Batman for funds and the LOLs. Like, it's so (laughs) crazy to me. Um, Yeah, the movie is as boring as the title. Like, Gangster Squad. Like, okay. I also think it's like, you know, there's a, there's a bunch of like people that he's worked with before between Emma Stone and Anthony Mackie in this movie. There's also, like, some career-worst performance. I think Sean Penn is so bad in this movie. Yep. So, like, Sean Penn is, like, two decades late auditioning for Dick Tracy. Yep. And, and like, uh, yeah, and and Ryan Gosling picked the... He decides he's going to talk like this throughout the whole movie. The accent work. It's, it's the weirdest choice yep. I've ever... Just, like... Literally, it sounds like he showed up doing that day one and they like didn't have the heart to tell him, like, don't right. do that. No, no, no. And so taking what he's learned as an actor, um, Ryan decides to... I can call him that because we're good friends. Correct. Uh, he decides to make his 
own film, Lost River. Um, I I did watch it for this. Uh, he's not in this movie. Um, he, I think. <laughs> I feel bad. My friend Tim was like, I really like it. I I don't really like it. I think it's fine. I, I think it's got some really beautiful stuff in it in terms of look. I think he's like trying for interesting themes. It's very fairy tale-esque, but also very film noir. He's also like very much wearing his influences on his sleeve. It's it looks like Nicholas Winding Refn meets uh, Mario Bava. And but I, I don't think it all coalesces. I think there's an immature quality to it that the the story doesn't well out will out for me. But I will say the one interesting thing that relates back to to him is you know the, there's this main character whose mother is played by Christina Hendricks, and he sees the way these men are. She's a single mother. He sees the way these men are sexualizing her, and I like had read that GQ article and was like oh, like, he's still dealing with that. And I think that's interesting. I just don't think there's enough of it in the movie. Or the movie's just kind of more out uh, more out there than it needs to be for... Sure. Yeah, I didn't yeah. watch it, but I was reading about it, and I was like, maybe, you know, like, not every actor needs to be a director, and that's fine. Yeah. Because when you're an actor, you can, if people don't like the movie, you just go like, well, I didn't direct it. I didn't write it. Not my fault. But... When you direct it, you really you got to take it on the chin. It helped me be a, a better actor, understand what what my role was as an actor through directing and vice versa. You know, I think it's good if directors take some acting classes as well. You know, he hasn't done it since, and uh, I think maybe that's he felt the same way. I don't know. Um, twenty fifteen, The Big Short. Twenty sixteen, The Nice Guys. And twenty sixteen, La La Land. Where would you like to start? I will tell you this: I hate The Big Short. I did not rewatch it. I don't care. Yeah, The Big Short, I think, is... Uh, I'm not mad at The Big Short. I think it's, like, a fucking horrible story that, like, needs to be told. Um, yes. But I don't think there's anything there that needs to be revisited. Um, the Nice Guys, I think, is a very underrated, underwatched movie. I think he is firing on all cylinders. I think he's funny. I think he's, you know, using all of his action chops here. I think the writing is super sharp. Um it's a super fun movie. I remember watching it in theaters and watched it again. It's on Netflix right now. Um, so people should watch that movie. I feel like I implied recently on an episode that I didn't like it. And I don't know what I was thinking because I do. I think it's really funny. And and I and I like the, what he's doing. You know, he's, I think he'd gotten this reputation as kind of an action-y guy. And I love that he's playing against that. There's yeah. that that moment where Russell Crowe, who's an enforcer, um, who's first hired to like, stop him from investigating because he's a private investigator and he breaks his arm and the the scream that he lets out is so, so fucking funny right look when you're talking to your doctor just tell him you have a spiral fracture of the left radius no no deep breath no. Yeah, the relationship with his daughter is so funny. Yeah, it's a it's a good movie. It's a fun watch. And it's one of those things where like you kind of think like, oh, it's a shame that Ryan Gosling doesn't do sequels because I would watch these two in another oh, movie. Russell Crowe, I we don't see him enough in this zone, would absolutely watch three more movies of them going on adventure capers together. Um, don't say and stuff, just say and anal. And uh, anal. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah, correct. Um, and then uh, La La Land. I mean, 
I think uh, I just watched, uh, rewatched uh, First Man today. And I was like, God, Damien Chazelle really fucking knows how to put a fucking movie together. I will just say they are Gorgina movies. And La La Land is especially gorgeous. Uh, I think this is also another case of Ryan Gosling giving a lot of space to Emma Stone. I don't think there's anything beyond him obviously being super charming and dancing his fucking face off and like doing all of that razzmatazz. I don't think uh, there's anything too spectacular about his performance specifically. I uh, agree. Uh, I think a lot less of La La Land. I'll be perfectly honest. I would actually go as far as saying I don't like La La Land. But um, up until I so I just saw First Man for the first time for this. Um, it's the first Damien Chazelle movie I've liked. Um, and uh, it's the most basic, which I think is really funny. Uh, but um, La La Land doesn't do it for me. I don't like the music. Uh, I think it is too self-referential to all these other musicals that I've already seen that I really like. Um, I, I truly, not to to beat a dead horse, I really don't like the music. Like, I could not, when I watched it the first time, I was like, when the opening number happened, I was like, oh, no. Like, is this what the music's going to sound like? Um, and then he, like, Someone expl- was not a Glee fan. <laughs> exactly. And uh, he, 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 like, explains to her jazz. Like, I was just like, ugh, this guy. You know, I just think that people, when they say that they, you know, hate jazz, they just, they don't have context. They don't know where it comes from. Jazz was born in a little flop house in New Orleans, and it just because people were crammed in there, they spoke five different languages, they couldn't talk to each other. The only way they could communicate was with jazz. I think she's giving a really good performance. My one knock I'll give to Emma Stone is um, neither of them fucking point their toes during their big dance number uh, when they're up on the hill. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Ryan, you know better. You are a dancer. Let me and see like, those fucking it, toes. It point those motherfucking toes. But, um, I, but yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think he's he's being very generous with her um, and she steals a lot of those scenes away from him. Yeah, I mean, I, that the scene where she's doing like the Iran stuff yeah, at the party, yeah, yeah. that's so good. I could watch a whole movie of that. I will say, I mean, and I know less than you do, but I, I do think... Damien Chazelle's movies, specifically like First Man and this one, to me feel like technical wonders. Like they feel like a lot of work, but in the most beautiful, gorgeous ways. Um, the use of color in this movie, very inventive, just like. You, they, Listen, I, I watched First Man the way it's meant to be seen on an iPad on a plane. Wow, so I wow. I think I saw it the correct <laughs> with headphones on. Um but no, I, I agree with you, especially First Man. I will say once again, the like, he is a little too referential, I think, sometimes. Like, the, that there's that beautiful scene in First Man where they think they're going to fucking die in space when they attach to the... Um, and the the score is original, but it's written like a Viennese waltz, very Strauss. And I was like... Yes, Damien Chazelle. I have also seen 2001 A Space Odyssey. I get it. Like, you know what? She's never afraid to reference or not reference. Right, and... Exactly. But but lean heavily towards the reference. <laughs> I I I, I have to say I'm I'm not mad. He he was in his um, Christopher Nolan bag for uh, First yes. Man for sure. Absolutely. Um, Blade Runner 2049 um, is a movie I love. Of course I do. It's like a three. It's like a three hour zone out. 
I love yeah. it. Yeah, beautiful uh, gowns. We mentioned First Man that, you know, 2018, unfortunately, like... It flopped. Re- it flopped, and I, I really think that's, like... <sighs> I don't know. That's unfortunate. It, like, it, you can't even really blame the pandemic because it hadn't really happened yet. Like, No, it just... I, I just think people were kind of, like... I don't know. Either he was still reeling from, like, the La La Land Oscars misfire... I think also, I mean, rewatching it today, I was like, man, you know, I, I will give props to Damien Chazelle putting, there's a lot in this movie about like, this was fucking wasteful of money, yes. of, of the human of spirit. Like, yeah, um, I, I will say, I think Claire Foy is so good in this movie. Oh my I, God. I yeah. think, I and I think also I, what I love is it feels like Damien Chazelle really trusted both Ryan and her to just like sit in moments just like the ending of the movie where they're just like, there's no dialogue. It's just them. Trust your actors. Trust the movie. And it's just really beautiful. Um, it's, uh, yeah, for a movie that's about space, it's just like really, really human. Absolutely. Um, I do also do think it's really funny that the movie just absolutely paints uh, Buzz Aldrin as an asshole. Dick. It's just like Buzz Aldrin, total dick. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I, I did really enjoy it. Um and and like it doesn't fully escape the sort of Oscar baitiness of it, but like it's it's good. Um, Two thousand twenty two, uh, the Gray Man, a fake movie, a fake movie. Um, yeah, directed by the Russo brothers, um, who are just bound to prove that they make the most generic movies. Um, this is really what I was talking about when um, I was talking about. I don't think he's the best improver. Apparently, they were told to like forget a lot of the dialogue in the script him and chris evans and they're and the the thing i was reading was like oh yeah that first scene where they meet for the first time is all improv and it's i was like yeah you can tell it's not funny like they're trying so hard to be funny and it's not working come on hey sunshine Mm. you must be lloyd what gave it away the white pants the trash dash it's just it leans Lloyd. So when GQ says the return, he took four years off from 2018, the first man, to the gray man. Um, and he said it was to spend time with his kids um, and just be a husband. And and, and and I like that. And, you know, he's he came he came back with the gray man. And then obviously Barbie's now what it is. And right. I think he has um, another movie kind of in the bag. And, um, you know, I, I do feel like he's very much now in his um his big tentpole era you know like yes and i i think that's where he's sort of comfortable you know he he talked about early in his life he did these indie films and he thought like i have to feel these things so the audience feels them and now he's like kind of realized and i think partially it is from working with certain directors who who only are asking certain things of him like no it's more about what the audience feels and it's like I I truly don't think he could have played a character like Ken, which mm-hmm. I know sounds deranged, but I don't think even six or seven years ago he could have pulled off what he pulls off in that movie. Yeah, I think it's less about, you know, feeling the thing and, and getting back to that sincerity of performing for fun and, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and so the gray man, whatever, make the check. It does kind of feel like he's like, 
well, you know what? Now I can just make these big movies that make money because I want to, like, spend time with my kids. Yeah. And, and not have to, like, I read that he fucking, for Only God Forgives, went to go train in Thailand in Muay Thai for, like, six months. And then none of that made right. the movie at all. Right. Like you Exactly. Know? Exactly. He's not following teachers around in New York anymore. He's just, you know, trusting in himself, trusting in his, like, showmanship. Um, and, and, you know, I think he said he only wants to make, like, one movie a year now. Because he moves his family every time right. to to be with him when they're making yeah they're stuff. they're like currently living in Southern California but that's yeah that's he wants them to be able to be on set with him and yeah I I mean I I totally get that I and like I said I I also think it's a like to put yourself in the in these roles but to also be a person who's like self conscious enough that you like literally thinking about the the thing that you said keeps you up at night which he mm-hmm. like that was actually really refreshing to me to read that because i was like oh like i get that you know i'm the type of person who will go to a party and it's funny my friend andrew was just saying the same thing and i really related to it like like i don't mind going to a party i don't always want to go to a party but i don't mind going to a party but i will come home and then upset like obsess about something that i said that nobody else is even thinking about. And I am I'm aware. I'm aware that nobody else is thinking about. But like my brain is like, nope. You said Locked. that stupid thing. You said that well, you look so stupid. Um and it, it, like to find out Brian fucking Gosling feels that way. You know, you like, and him are the same. We're the same. I, I've been uh, saying that. I do want to mention before we get into our picks, um, he is also a member of the band Dead Man's Bones. Um he uh, did release a solo song in 2007 called Put Me in the Car. Um, but then they released an album um, in 2009. Um, it's like a very concepty album. There were, they, they would perform with glowing ghosts and skeletons on stage. And the album had like a kid's choir. Fun. Um, and he said if they ever do another album, they're not going to do a kid's choir because it's not very rock and roll. Um, in terms of charity, you know, he he did help support the cleanup effort in after Hurricane Katrina. He supports Invisible Children, which is a group that raises awareness about the LRA he in Central Africa. He traveled to Darfur. And he did travel to Darfur um, in 2005 uh, to the refugee camps. Um, and, and so, like, he does feel passionately about Darfur. I just think it's very funny to wear that shirt. I mean, I get it. He's like, young people need to know, but to wear that shirt on the MTV Movie Awards where Rachel McAdams is literally climbing up him to to make out. Um, Hollywood, I, baby. I do, you know, we talk about uh, charity support every now and then on the show when we can find it just because like it is important to like point out that these rich people are occasionally putting their money where their mouth is and and do actually have causes that they support um and are probably deep down good people um probably which is not to say that ryan gosling isn't on the surface a good person but like you know rich people (laughs) rich rich people you know uh but all right i think that wraps up ken uh did you feel that Kennergy during that rewind? Oh, I was overflowing with Kennergy. <laughs> Put it away. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> why don't we get into our picks? Why don't we start with our one-star reviews just to talk about the the movies that are maybe not Knuff. <laughs> Jennifer Lopez Knuff. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> um, I need a shirt that says that. <laughs> I'll go first. Um, my one star review 
just really does have to be 2013's Gangster Squad. I think he is bad. I think the movie is bad. Yeah. Um, the accent choice was a mistake. I think he, you know, sometimes they give him the blank slate. And like, I, I, I will say I prefer him when he's able to like put a little bit more into his performances. Like I didn't love, you know, Only God Forgives. A lot of the movies where he's just kind of like, the everyman is very boring to me um like i even thought the ides of march which i don't like uh like conceptually as a movie but i also think like his role is just you know hot guy who makes bad decision i think he holds his own in the ides of march only because of that charm we were talking about like i i was reading about how chris pine was originally and god knows we love chris pine on this podcast we did an episode about him he's the best chris but i think that would have been too dead a giveaway right away that like oh there's like something boiling underneath and i think ryan gosling is has that like niceness to him that like when the turn comes in eyes of march but i think you're everything else you've said about it is very correct so like i i just think like you know gangster squad to me is the epitome of just uh, bad decisions across the board. I think like Emma Stone is throwaway here. Truly throwaway, which is terrible because they do have such magnetic chemistry. Yeah. Wait, was this? Oh yeah, this was before La La Land, but 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 after Crazy Stupid Love. Yeah, it's uh, nothing about this movie works. And and so to be clear, this movie is just about you know these cops who have to like be. They are hired to be like secret cops off the books <laughs> to go after a very bad gangster guy because it's, it's Mickey Cohen, right? Is yeah, it's the... Mickey Cohen, who's like the infamous, you know, guy. And, and this movie is also pretty brutal. There's like right. a really intense. They pull a guy apart from like two cars, and yeah. they sh- and they show what happened. Um, um, so- I I do want to say, by the way, and once again, movies don't have any responsibility to reality because they're not documentaries. Mickey Cohen went to jail in 1969 for tax evasion. Yeah, yeah. So this movie is lies, lies, Liar Manila, Dina. lies, <laughs> Manila, lies. Um, and so, and he is like a, the reluctant cop who gets brought onto this gangster squad. Um, the and 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 there's like. Anthony Mackie, who's like the one black guy who like knows the bad side of town. And um, these are like, it's the Avengers of cops who are good guys who are not on the, the, the you know, who are not corrupt. Yeah. Um, they, they, they literally have license to basically kill anybody they want, though. They're yeah. literally scenes where they just fire into crowds. Yeah, they're breaking up uh, Mickey's, you know, gambling rings and like killing men and telling the ladies to get out because that's just the way fucking dudes work i guess uh but yeah it's and in the end um thanos gets to beat up sean penn and (laughs) uh it's uh just the most i was like oh this movie's trying to be shocking this movie's trying to be like you know and and so ryan gosling plays this detective who's teetering on the edge he he initially gets offered to join the gangster squad and he doesn't because he just wants to to drink and fool around and have a good time he likes to be buddy buddy with the criminals until 
Oh no, one day the criminals kill this shoeshine boy that we've seen in one other scene. And he loves that shoeshine boy, okay? <laughs> he said, get out of here. But No, they, he said, but, get out of here. Get out of here, kid. Get out of here. Yeah, there you go. The Mickey and, Mouse level. But, uh, and, and yeah, and there's, he throws acid in, in the face of one of the guys because they're going to throw acid in. He, so he's, he is sleeping with Emma Stone, who is like this kept woman for Sean Penn. Uh, I, oh, bad. Just bad. He's, <laughs> he's bad in a bad movie, which is a, a very rare occurrence. You know, I've got to prove myself to you. You asked me to be here and I'm here. I'm risking my life like every single guy in there. But there's a line. You go and talk to my girl, you put her in danger, you're gonna cross that line with me, pal. I'm not questioning your loyalty, Jerry. Don't go near her. Just do what needs to be done. It's just truly shocking, the voice that he uses and that he was allowed to use and that that, that nobody said anything. And I know that he was like Ryan Gosling at this point, but that no one said, let's not do this, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny. I, I do think there are a couple other good ones to really pick. I think you could do. Um, I think he's not terrible in all good things, but I think all good things is maybe a, a good candidate for the one star review because it's not yes. a great film. I think stay is a really obvious choice for like bad. Stay is my number two. Stay is yeah. my number two. But and it's rare that we agree on the one star review. It is Gangster Squad. I mean, it there is really isn't a it's wild that he was allowed to get to get away with talking like this for a whole movie and it, this is the extent of the accent like it's really i i don't even know what he was doing like what actor he they're was in trying california to... i know <laughs> and you know you i think you explained it all beautifully but to top it all off um it looks like a video game cutscene. The whole yep. movie looks like a video game cutscene, and because it's so CG and so just like. But also, gr- Sean Sean Penn is wearing crazy prosthetics. So much prosthetics, and and not human looking prosthetics. Like I and said, he, he looks like he's from Dick Tracy, and he's the uh, only one, only one. Yep. Um, and I know he's supposed to be a former boxer. It's supposed to be like, oh, these are the the casualties of being a boxer. But I was just like, no, um, yeah. So I completely agree with that. Was there anything else that you saw that you didn't particularly like? Stay was the number two because that is a cuckoo bananas movie. I think he is ancillary to the movie. I don't think he's, they, they trot him out to be like a mysterious hot topic boy every once in a while. Um, And so like, it's not his fault that the movie's bad. The movie is just bad. I think The Slaughter Rule is a movie that no one should watch, but he is very good in it. I was going to say he was good in it, though. That's my thing. Like That's my one saving grace is like, I think him and David Morris are both giving really good performances. I just think the movie's like half-baked. The material you know? is fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. If I had to throw in one more, um, and I know you didn't love this movie, so it's no surprise, but Only God Forgives because of that blankness. I think what what works about the blankness in uh, Drive um, really endears you to the character. And I think that's partially also in the wor- because the world surrounding him Correct. Like, in- endears you to that character. I think the the world of Only God Forgives is so bleak and so just like heavy that it just, that blankness doesn't give you anything to latch on to. And, and so it's just, 
Well, yeah, it's such, a, you, it's such a dour world. Yeah. You kind of don't understand why you should care. Yeah. Well, it's just yeah. like the, the idea of like forgiveness. And it's like, okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, but I think that's a good place to leave the one star reviews. Why don't we pop into our five star reviews and put it in a speed drive? <laughs> Well, Gavin, it wasn't over, and it's still not over. <laughs> my really? Five, my five-star review is The Notebook. It is The Notebook. I Well, 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 well. <laughs> it still isn't over. I, I was thinking about this very deeply today. I really was. And I was going through each movie, and I was like, yeah, he's good there. Yeah, okay, yeah, he's good. Um, but when I got to The Notebook, I was just like... The amount, and this could be nostalgia speaking, this could be, you know, all the things like, but I I just think that there are so many iconic scenes in this movie, and there are so many modes in which Ryan Gosling is playing in that really personifies why I think we love him. I think he is that little rascally scamp. I think he is that, like, moody, mysterious, hot guy who actually, in the end, is just, like, so tender and loving and charming. I think, I mean, my God, that scene where he's like, I wrote 365 letters to you. It and still that- isn't over. Like, and then and then the, the passion and this, the love, and it's just like, oh, my God. They, they do not make movies like this anymore. Like, just that level of... of unadulterated romance and sex like oh she's painting naked on on, on the porch he made yes. for her <laughs> yeah hot that was very nice hot cha cha I, I remember like when i watched this movie as i don't know fucking middle school high school i don't know um the scene where they like first have sex where she's like make love to me and they literally are just like staring at each other taking off like one piece of clothes at, at a time that's so fucking corny and stupid, but like watching the movie, I'm like, uh huh, yes. No, I really, like, I actually so did really like that moment. I'll yeah, be and, honest. And they're just like looking at each other. They're just like taking each other in, um, and it's so I don't know. I do think that the, I think that scene, that fight scene where they're like, he's like, that's what you do. You tell me when I'm being an asshole. I call you out when you're being a pain in the ass, which is 99 percent of the time. Like I think their rat-a-tat-tat energy is so fun. Um, I, I disagree heavy on that, but that's... Uh, so what? So it's not going to be easy. It's going to be really hard. And we're going to have to work at this every day, but I want to do that because I want you. I want all of you forever, you and me, every day. <laughs> Will you do something for me? Please? You just picture your life for me? 30 years from now, 40 years from now? What's it look like? If it's with that guy, go. Go! I lost you once. I think I could do it again. If I thought it's what you really wanted. But don't you take the easy way out. What easy way? There is no easy way. No matter what I do, somebody gets hurt. Would you stop thinking about what everyone wants? I think it is, like, everything, uh... Like, I believe that they fight. I believe that they're passionate. I believe they're in love. I I believe... I, I, yeah, I just fucking believe, I love at the beginning where she's like rebuffing him and is like, ill, no, fuck off. Oh like, my God. Can I, and this is, the, this is the gayest thing in the world. That green dress she's wearing in during gorge. that scene. Gorgeous. Gorge. Oh gorge. my God. Her little, oh my her God. Little, her little gloves. Oh. Yeah. Oh. 
And the fact that she like that's like a motif for her, like the mm-hmm. little gloves. Like, yeah. Dra- <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I, I also I I when I rewatched it, I was worried. I, I had forgotten, I guess, that the dad was gonna be the one who was an asshole. But it's not the dad, it's the mom. Yes. And I, I love the moment Joan, in the fucking Joan Allen. Love her. So good. And Joan Allen has that moment where she's like, drive with me. Yep. See, see that man I over there? I knew you were getting to this. See that man over there? And basically he's like, we used to fuck so much. Oh my God. We were in love too, babe. But, she, but She's like, that was some good dick. And listen, I love your father. But. Yeah, but, <laughs> but she's like, but we are from different worlds, honey. We are high class here. It's low class. Okay. So like that is that on that. I, I, I. Listen, Nicholas Sparks is not a good person. He's conservative, Republican, um, and I hate that. But there has not been a Nicholas Sparks movie that could even touch the levels that The Notebook um, reaches when they're in the fucking pond with all the geese. It's like magic. And like, what? what, Do you know why they're here? And he's like, nope. They're supposed to fly to Guatemala or whatever. Like, it's, it's just that, especially that middle piece of the movie where she comes back is just so fucking good. I love this movie. I'm happy for you. <laughs> Get in the water. Get in the water. Get in the water. If you're a bird, I'm a bird. Oh, uh, I love I, that. I love I, that beach scene. I'm going to be saying that forever. That's I know. just, it's in me now. I know. And you had not seen this, right? So no. after a first watch, you, it's, it, it sears on your brain. Yeah. If you're a bird, I'm a bird. Well, because it's so wild, like what? No, but, <laughs> like, <laughs> but it's like it's it's the she's like he's like fighting her. He's like, no, you're not a bird. You're, I want to be with you. And so finally, like the romance of like, well, if you're a fucking bird, then I'm a fucking bird. I'm not living yeah. this life without you. Oh, I I think there's definitely more good than bad in his career. Um, I also did actually have a pretty good time watching for this movie. I've heard this episode. Um, I think easily you could give it to First Man. I th- mm-hmm. I truly think, even though I do feel like it is very like a very Oscar Beatty movie, I feel like his performance is like incredibly nuanced. I, you know, I, I guess I've just never thought of Neil Armstrong as a real person. Yeah, and and so I think the movie does a really amazing job at like illustrating that and being like, nope, this is a man that hurt, but also like was in a time in which men don't hurt. So yeah. like, I had no idea about his daughter who died. Yeah, and when no he idea. tells that other astronaut like i want to be alone yeah like he like snaps at him i was just like oh this this is a much sadder man than i than i realized and also why like he's willing to kind of his fear of losing everybody else the way that he lost his daughter pushes him to push everybody away because he doesn't want to feel the scene of claire foy being like you need to fucking go talk to your sons yeah right now yeah, and he, and he's like he's like you said he's pushing everyone away, and she is like this grounding weight, trying to bring him back to Earth and to his family. Oh, it's so good. He's so good. That, that, that movie is very very good. I'd argue his performance in Lars and the Real Girl, even though it's a, it's a very actorly performance, so good. I really enjoy his performance in that movie. I will say a lot of like what actors do when they're playing someone who is yeah spectrumy. I guess it's a lot of eye blinking. Yes, yeah, I think I, it's I, I think it's a little more sensitive, but you're right. You are right. There's definitely, and that could have been drawn back. That and, could have been and drawn may, back. And maybe if the director hadn't been Craig Gillespie, like 
he would have toned it down a bit. Also, um, but it was 2010, so we understand. Yes. Um, I think my five-star review has to be Half Nelson, which shocks me because <gasps> I, I really thought going into this that I didn't care for this movie. I and, thought you were going to go with Blue Valentine. Ah, well, Blue Valentine's also another great choice. Another great choice. His, on the Brando meter, he's a little off the charts. Yeah. He's a little like... Well, but, they, uh, they gave him that, like, very balding type, like, yeah. hair scenario. And Which he, apparently is what Derek Cianfrance looks like. Oh. So, like... I, 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 yeah, there's a, there's a lot to love in that movie. Um, but you can tell he was really, just, like, lapping it up. Because... When he's young, he's playing young, hot Ryan Reynolds, uh, Ryan, Ryan Gosling. Like that's his his brand. Yeah. And then when he's old and broken, you can tell he's really like, "Fuck yeah, I'm acting." Yeah. But how? Oh, Nelson, in, a, in our, it was it's sorry because uh, you almost got him confused with Ryan Reynolds. Uh, in our one star reviews, we didn't even really mention the Gray Man, but I think that's like a Ryan Reynolds role. Like <laughs> it was yeah. just like, Ugh. yeah. Um, but yes, have Nelson have Nelson directed by Ryan Fleck. Um, written by Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck, who then went on to co-direct Captain Marvel, um, Traitors. And, (laughs) (laughs) kidding, kidding, uh, please continue to pay me, Marvel. Um, but, uh, the, um, it's, it's funny because, like, I've heard that she basically co-directed Half Nelson, but she just doesn't get the credit. I don't Hmm. really know what the story is behind that, um, why, and I do want to mention what kind of sucks a little bit is I do know somebody who asked Ryan Gosling on the red carpet, like, why Barbie's the first time he's working with a female director. And his response was kind of like, well, Half Nelson was, like, co-directed by a woman. Um, but this person got so slammed in the YouTube comments for even asking that question that the website that put it up took it down, which I think is a bad look. Horrible. Which is why I'm being very vague about all of this. Um, but so like, don't be a dick out there, people like, don't be like, that's a valid question to ask somebody. It's okay uh, to ask that. And you know, and yeah. I think anything, any, any respectable actor would be like, you know what? I would love to work with more women. And I, you know, uh, Hollywood sucks and doesn't give enough opportunities to women. And I, I do need to do better and work and yeah. look for more amazing women to work with. Easy. Um, absolutely. I think that's 100%. Uh, we mentioned before, have Nelson, uh, Ryan Gosling plays Dan Dunn. He's a teacher in Brooklyn in an inner city school. He prefers teaching dialectics uh, style instead of just the curriculum. And there's like little flashes throughout the movie of like the the way his teaching style works and how what these kids have learned from him. At the same time, he <gasps> is free. I forgot about cocaine. that. That's so good. That's yeah. so good. <sighs> I, love, I love the one bit where the one kid is like, did that really happen? Yeah, like, yeah. Um, they overthrew the dictatorship of... <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, you know, he... It's unclear what was the inciting incident in his life that, that got him into freebase and cocaine. Um, but essentially, like, he... Is it uh, cocaine? I have no idea. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. But it's like, he's... It's not necess- it's not just snorting it. It's like, you know, Bernie, off- he's like he's I don't know how I don't know how drugs work. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's intense. He's smoking it and yeah, yeah. Um yeah. and so like they allude to like a past relationship. Yeah. They allude to but, like it it does feel very much like middle class malaise. Like I feel I feel bad to, I I don't want to like give this character like a bad rap, but like well, yeah, he's also like his trauma of like his 
hoity-toity white liberal parents right. who probably don't like that he's a teacher in like you know the inner city and like they like they have that awkward dinner where they kind of are racist and kind yeah. of are like you know saying fucked up shit about like the inner city and he's like fucking kill me <laughs> and he like even has that conversation with his mom towards the end of the movie and then he like tries to say something else to her and she just ignores him yeah do you hear from rachel anymore not really i saw her at the pharmacy the other day maybe it's her mom maybe, maybe. you know she looked great you should give her a call but, you know, clean up a little first. You're killing me with the tie. Stop it. I'm fine. Happy? I'm so happy. I'm <laughs> so great. So when you're happy, I'm happy. Watch the basketballs, okay, honey? Hey, Mom. Like, it is a little heartbreaking, but also, like, it does feel a little, like, white person problems. Yes. Um, a student catches him doing this on school grounds in a bathroom, and he develops a relationship with this kid that's not predatory. Uh, it is not a relationship an adult should be having with a child, just in the idea that, like this is a, a student of his like it breaks right. it breaks the boundaries of 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 right. personal you right. know responsibility she, she certainly knows too much about his life including yes. that he is doing these drugs her life already though is has been the innocence has already been lost because right. her brother was involved in the drug you know um the the problems of, of drugs have ravaged the community clearly but in very different ways. He is the white man who is buying drugs from the black community. She is the young person who was affected by, like, family being torn apart by drugs. Um, and later, like, taken advantage of by other men who use her as a drug runner. Yes, because cops don't have a tendency to bother kids. And that's... Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we talked a lot about it earlier in the episode. I just think this is an incredibly nuanced performance. I don't think it's an easy performance. I don't think anybody's actually giving an easy performance in this movie. Um, and I, I do think Sharika Epps, who plays the, the young girl, Dre, um, amazing, like, incredible. ahead of her time. Incredible. Just, yeah, incredible. Um, I think Anthony Mackie's really good in this movie uh, because I think a lesser film would have been like, no, no, he's bad. Yeah. Yeah, but I think the movie goes out of its way to be like, no, he's complicated. There's no bad person in this movie. Right. Like, there is, you know, there is a scene where she walks in to deliver these drugs, and there are all these people who are hanging out doing drugs, but it is not shot in a way that is judgmental. It is not, you know, right. expl- It's just like you said, a complicated, sad. Everyone in this moment is a victim of something a victim of the tragedy of fucking drugs um and how they warp all of us and And, yeah and the i mean and and the the larger context of 
you know, the society, how society has led to this, to, you know, whether it's the criminalization of it, whether it's the, you know, the proliferation of it, whether, you know, what it is that has led, you know, these lack of resources. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, And I think, you know, this is a movie. It's it's both this small uh, story about people and it, they feel real, but it's also this movie about larger issues. And it's funny because, like you said, that there's a lot of movies earlier in his career that tried to tackle these larger issues that don't do it as well. And I think this movie finds that balance in a way that, you know, he feels real and you feel for him. But I also think there is an unrelatable component to him. He's not the everyman in this movie. The, the, he's a He's a passionate man, but he's also a fucked up guy. And, uh, and like you said, it's, it's not judgmental. It's not judgmental about him. It's not judgmental about Dre. It's not judgmental about Anthony Mackie's character, Frank Dre's mother. It's not, it's not even judgmental about fucking Dennis O'Hare. Who's just a teacher who hangs right. out in the <laughs> teacher's lounge reading the headlines. Like, well, it's like it, cause the movie doesn't, I think in lesser hands, it would wait until like the danger. Yes. Like, Oh, Oh no. Like the girl accidentally overdosed and took drugs herself. Like it's really about the mundanity of like, People are just sad and in ruts and they're doing drugs or for some communities, this is how they make their money. This is all they have, right, to go off of. And the mundanity of the everyday of like, yeah, we sell drugs, you're doing them next. It's not fucking warfare and guns on the street and violence. It's just this. It's actually fucking boring. And it's actually just this passionate teacher who wants his kids to like learn about the man and the atrocities of the government and how fucked up it is. And he's coping. They're all just coping. They're all just coping. It's a great and movie. I, it's a, it's absolutely a great movie. Was there anything else that you saw that you particularly liked? I kind of already spoiled yeah. my other ones, but no, I mean like, I think blue Valentine. Absolutely. I think yeah. the nice guys should oh, be the up nice there. Guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah. And then like first man, I will say like, take it or leave it. First Man is the better of the Damien Chazelle joints, but like La La Land, I think is beautiful. Um, so yeah, they're... you just like your City of Stars, whatever. <laughs> okay, <laughs> drag me. Um, I would also throw in just because I do truly love it, um, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Um, it's like the movies that like I'm like obsessed with, like The Notebook, Crazy Stupid Love. Um, you're like <laughs> boring, fucking awful movies. I think they are fun. I think they, <laughs> I think he looks great in them. Bitch, the way he wears a suit out in Crazy Stupid Love. Yeah, no, I I mean, I agree. And I I, I mean. We don't often don't, get um, male versions of beautiful gowns movies, but like, yeah. my yes. God. Yes, 100%. And I, and I don't think Crazy Stupid Love is worthless. I just think it's very dumb. But I do, do I laugh at a lot of the scenes? Absolutely. Do I think what Marissa Tomei is doing in that movie is fucking amazing? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Um, but uh, Julianne Moore, I just get your paychecks go, elsewhere. I went to go see Twilight by myself. It was, it was so, so bad. bad. <laughs> queen, 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 queen. Um, but yeah, all right. Before we move into our fast forward, why don't we do our mixed reviews review? Uh, my one star review was 2013's Gangsta Squad, which was also my one star review because it deserves it. It does deserve it. Uh, my five star review. It still isn't over. It's 2004 is the notebook. <laughs> and my five-star review was 2006's Half Nelson. All right, let's get into that fast forward.
obviously Barbie is out right now. We, you know, we kind of planned the, this episode should have been out in July. Um, it's late August, whatever. Um, who cares? Barbie was still topping the box office until this week anyways. Um, (laughs) yeah. And how did you feel about Barbie? I liked it. I liked it. I don't, I don't think it's like relevatory. I think some people are talking about it. Like it's, you know, the best things in sliced bread. I do think it's incredibly funny. And I mean, it's very much a commercial. Um, Number one, it is a commercial. Let us yes. not forget that we are being sold shit at every fucking possible at moment. America. Every moment of that movie. I'm very scared that we are one day going to get the Mr. Clean movie, the What's Applebee's it? movie, the Tony the Tiger movie. We're, we're uh, edging ever so close to it. Um, I do think, like, okay, so let us just start with that. I enjoy the movie. It is a great romp. Yes. Let me list the ways that I feel complicated. Number one, it's a commercial. Number two, um, if we took out Will Ferrell and the entire Mattel executives, would the movie change? No. Like, we don't need them. It's we, like, let's get those girlies out of here. Um, I, I, this, I, I hate being this person. And let me just preface by saying, like, I am a man. I cannot fully, you know, understand um, all the complexities and, like, emotions that I know women were feeling when America Ferrer gave that excellent monologue. Yeah. I, I did. I went with a woman who was like, it was a bit much. So like, <laughs> I think for me, the more I think about it, Ken had the more interesting story arc. He changes more. Yes. I love the idea of like, we don't have enough stories where this, again, this is awful because it's like men, but like, we don't have enough stories where men are seduced by patriarchy and then find out the um, horrors, limitations, like I think it's very important to show men, like when Barbie sits him down and says you don't have to be about me your whole right. life doesn't have to be about me you can you can do anything you want the same way that I can, and baby that's feminism yes. Like, <laughs> and and I was like to be able to see the change of all the Kens all the Kens get to realize they are their own people, they can do whatever they want whereas with Barbie and I, I welcome the discourse. Barbie changes, stereotypical Barbie changes. She goes off and does the thing, but the rest of the Barbies stay, mm-hmm. and nothing happens for them. They return to their status quo, and I, for me at least, I would have loved if Barbie could have brought that Birkenstock complicated energy of like, you know what? Some days you are going to wake up, and it's not going to be perfect, but right. it's still okay. Yeah, I, I, d- I do think it's funny that the one lesson they kind of learn for Weird Barbie is not to call her names. I, yeah, I I, I also do think Greta Gerwig fell a, bit, a little bit into, like, Wikipedia movie. Like, <laughs> I don't think we needed, like, the whole rundown of, like, who the creator of Barbie was. Like, it's like she found out that she had these, like, two fun facts and she keeps repeating them. Um that's just like those are my little things but i do think it's a beautiful movie i think margot robbie is a fucking star i like i was just so taken by her entire performance obviously (laughs) the musical number with fucking ryan gosling is incredible he is also a star um the star wattage of this movie is undeniable um and and i I think like he comes damn near close stealing the entire movie out from under barbie herself um so yeah that's my barbie hot take I, th- I, d- I don't disagree with anything you said. 
I'll be I'll be perfectly honest. I you know, and I agree. Like I I don't have any experience of being a woman, um, nor will I probably ever have any experience of being a woman. But I I agree. It does. Yeah, I mean, I think I think because we are being sold a product, it sort of behooves yeah. them not to shake up the status quo too much. Um, but I do agree it is very upsetting to find out patriarchy has not as much to do with horses as we thought it did. Hate hate that. Hate yeah. that. Love but, horses. You know, we love we do love horses. Um he has another movie coming out, I think later this year, The yes. Fall Guy. Yeah. Um <laughs> with Emily Blunt, who live left love, Diva. Yes. Um I don't know what that movie's gonna be like. I don't know what the tone is even. I think it's an it's an action movie. Right. A um, love letter to action movies of some sort. Winston Duke is in it. I love him. Stephanie, love him. Stephanie Shu is in it. Love her. Aaron Taylor Johnson's in it. Um other people. Okay. <laughs> I don't I don't love Aaron Taylor Johnson. I don't know. I don't I never He's a he's a hot. Is he? I don't even think he's that good of an actor. Whatever. Um Say that. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, obviously, um, Ryan Gosling is working. He's a working gal. Um, mm-hmm. He, as you mentioned before, he's only going to be doing one movie a year. I think that's fine. I'm like, you know, it was funny rewatching um, Ides of March because once again, like not my favorite movie, but I was like, oh, is he like at some point, is he going to move into like the George Clooney position where Correct. It's, it's not really about characters anymore it's just being ryan gosling and it's about being a, a, a movie star yeah and i do wonder if that's gonna happen sooner than we think i think I, i'm curious if like ken's gonna be like our last character we get out of him um interesting yeah i don't know and I, I guess we have to I, I imagine the fall guy will be kind of in the same vein as the gray man. Yeah. Right. That's what I feel like, especially cause it's David Leach uh, who did like Deadpool and like, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure. So like, I don't, but I have, will say I have a lot of faith in it. I, I, you know, if, if he's got more first mans in him, like doing biopic stuff, I think I, it will be interesting to see, will there ever be another indie movie in Ryan Gosling? will be interesting right. to see. Um, I, but I will say I think the song and dance man is is my preferred mode of of him. He's, yeah, I would love for him to do another musical and one that has songs I like. <laughs> he's just he's just a very physical actor. I think all of his little ticks and motions and like frenetic energy in Barbie was so good and so funny. He has a very um yeah, he's a very good command of his body and he knows what he's doing at all times. Um and and I, because he's got this like kind of broody mysteriousness behind the eyes, he's just such a compelling actor. Um, so I I hope that there are maybe more blue valentines left in him. Um, you know, it's funny because I kind of do see him as like this contemporary to Michelle Williams, who yeah does who does huge movies, does these small movies, and is so good. And 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 you know and can lock an Academy Award nomination for doing like fourteen seconds in Manchester yeah. by the Sea. So honey, like, try and clock it. You fucking can't. <laughs> Not a soul can clock. Um, I, it's funny. W- on part of our road trip to Canada, we stopped at the place where um, the scene where Michelle Williams catches Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal making out in 
uh, yeah. broke back. Broke back mountain. We yeah. went to that location, um, which is a real apartment. And a guy came out and was like, "Would you like to look around?" And we were like, ah, "No, thanks." Like, because it oh felt, my God. felt like a Republican trap. Um, but um, <laughs> he said, "Oh, you here for that gay movie?" Yeah, exactly. Um, but um, I was just thinking, like, how amazing she is in that scene, and she doesn't have any lines. Uh, I digress. Um, but yeah, I think you're right, and I I think the other. Uh, component of this is he's so young still like literally yeah. literally two years older than me three years older than me like he yeah he's not he's not he, yeah i can't have ryan if, gosling for a long time i can see a future where he does step into that george clooney position but like i don't think that's for a while he's still fucking doing full musical numbers babe like yeah i i you know as long as he doesn't revert back to like the only god forgives I think he's Gangster done with that. I, th- I think era. he's like, I think that's out of his system. Hopefully I know he is making these bigger films. And I think the gray man is maybe like an omen of what we could get if he continues down this path. But like, you know, we did that Coen brothers episode. I'd love to see him in a Coen brothers movie. I think he could do it as long as they're like, don't do that voice. Yes. That voice. No. Um, I just think he's very good at doing like old Hollywood type movies and like you know giving this the the ooh, ah, ah, sensation absolutely uh, so hopefully you know there's a mix of that there are some still like smaller performances left in him um because i just think he's so magnetic yeah so magnetic i like is there one woman that he shares a screen with where you're like no oh no and i think that's his true superpower like yeah yeah like Kristen Dunst, Emma Stone three times, Eva Mendes, who he married, Michelle Williams. Like it's just <laughs> Rachel McAdams. Hello. Like yeah. it's just it, honey. It, he don't miss. Girlies are not safe around him, and neither, <laughs> and neither are the boys. I I found an interview with him from when he was like a real little kid, where he's like hitting on the interviewer. Amazing. Ugh, like, oh, you cad. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> So what are you going to do when these girls come screaming and running up to you and asking you for your autograph? And- Take them out. Anyone, anyone wants to go out, they can come out with me. I'm not picky. <laughs> come on, listen, I don't know why we got to play this game, you know? Let's just get married. Do you want to? But I think that perfectly wraps up Ryan Gosling. Uh, we've certainly talked enough. So we're going to cut it off there. But if you want to talk to us, you can always find us on Twitter. Well, it's still there and not burning to the ground. At The Mixed Reviews. We're on Facebook. Just type in The Mixed Reviews. You can always email us at reviewsmixed at gmail.com. We're on Instagram at the underscore mixed underscore reviews. And if you want to listen to our back catalog, as you've just listened to this entire episode, you can hop onto any major podcast app. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google, Audible. And if you do listen to us on any of those, stop by, leave us a five-star rating, write us a little review. We'll read it on the show. We love reading your reviews. We haven't gotten one in a while. And that what it does is it helps with visibility. It really, you know, it gets us up there. It gets yeah. lets people know. And if you guys want to, we you can join us on Patreon. Um, you can join us on Discord. We have fun times there. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, once again, we'll be back next month with our next episode and next subject it's gonna be a good one we have a special guest already lined up we do it's gonna be so much fun i'm very excited let's just say that we're not mad at you we're mad at the dirt (laughs) um and with that we leave you um have a good night thank you for listening bye bye bye